Good afternoon. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer. And I'm Richard Munchkin. Our guest today is a player and a air mile specialist and an AP in a lot of different areas who goes by the name of Wilma Zero. So Wilma Zero, welcome to Gambling with an Edge. Thank you. I'm going to take a wild guess and pre assume that your mother did not name you Wilma Zero. That is correct. So how did you get that name? Well, when the uh, online poker was going on, um, I figured that people would take my play less seriously if they thought I was a lady and maybe if they thought I was an old lady. So I chose the name Wilma because that sounded kind of like an old lady name and um flintstone yeah exactly <laughs> so matilda uh, would have done yeah I, I don't want to get letters from any tillies out there i'm sorry uh <laughs> so i uh i did that and um you know made a little bit of money i was just playing for for fun not for any big stakes probably if i were playing for bigger stakes i would have been a losing player regardless um but uh so that's that's how that name came to be. Did you find you that you thought people tried to bluff you more? I'm I'm not sure. I I didn't really analyze the the situations that closely. Mm. All right. So, how old were you when you first got into gambling or APing? You can answer well, either way. Um I I didn't really know what APing was but um, I did know sort of good deals when I found them. And that was um, probably when I was like 11 or 12, somewhere around there. And two, two of the things that I can remember are during the Olympics, McDonald's had a promotion where if the U.S. won a gold medal in a particular event, you would get a Big Mac and if they want a silver, you'd get fries. And if uh, a bronze, then you'd get a Coke. So, and these scratch off things were for each of the different events. So if you got like a track sprint event, well, shoot, you got a, f a free meal because the U.S. would sweep everything. You'd get the Big Mac fries and the Coke. Um, of course, if you got handball, then you just throw away that ticket. So... Um, so anyway, I would bicycle to McDonald's toward the end of the Olympics because the, they would um, let you cash in the, the tickets up to like a week after the Olympics. So toward the end of the Olympics, I would go there and say, hey, um, can I have a bunch of the tickets? The, the Olympics are almost over. You don't need these. And so they'd let me take a whole stack of tickets. So, so – yeah, so I ended up doing that, and and a Big Mac fries and Coke for uh, you know eleven twelve year old that's huge, so uh, so that's what I did. Then McDonald's changed for the next Olympics. They changed their policy where um, you could only get the best prize. So instead of getting like if the U.S. swept a track event, you could only get. For example, the Big Mac instead of Big Mac fries and Coke. And then eventually McDonald's, the Olympics after, they figured out that people are going to come to McDonald's regardless. We don't need to do this promotion at all. 
So, so, so that, you weren't really backed off from it. So you didn't get your first well, AP back off when you were 12 years old. Well, when I tried to take the whole stack of tickets, they said, hey, wait a minute. And so it was like a partial back off. They only let me take like half of the stack of tickets. Uh, yeah. Moderation. Uh, was and, there another? Uh, yeah, I was sort of backed off from putt-putt golf. Um, <laughs> um, we lived overseas in a Middle Eastern country because my dad took an interesting job. We were all over there. And somehow my brother and I discovered that the tokens at our putt-putt golf, they had a, the golf section and then also like a pinball video game type section also. The tokens that were used for the pinball and video uh, games happened to be the exact same size as 25 halala coins. Now, a 25 halala coin was the exchange rate was that was worth about eight cents. So instead of having to put in a quarter US for 25 cents, my brother and I discovered that we could put in these 25 halala coins. So that was only eight cents. We didn't think there was anything wrong with that because we could play our Atari at home for free. So they were still getting, you know, a little bit of money. But then during our next vacation, um, they had changed the size and shape of their tokens, so we could only Lucky do that you didn't once. Get your hands cut off. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, this was back in the U.S. Putt putt was in the U.S. Oh, they oh. didn't have that over in the in the Middle oh, East. Oh, I see. You imported the coins. Right. Right. Ah, Is that so currency smuggling? International smuggling to the. <laughs> well, list. we we didn't have over ten thousand dollars worth. We probably didn't have over twenty dollars worth. I would think that it had to be a quick play because every night they empty the hopper. And they're going to see all this. Well, we we were only back in the states on vacation for like a week or so, so it was it was fairly quick. We did it all in about a week, and then the next time when we had all these twenty five halala coins, they didn't work, so we felt cheated. Yeah, I can see how that uh, really would. Uh, you could feel like it ripped you off. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, all right, so blackjack. How did you get interested in blackjack? Well, um, I think I was on a cruise ship, and one of the people who I'd met through Bridge happened to be in the casino, and they showed me a card that they had printed off themselves and said, you know, there's a strategy here that if you play, you'll not lose very much. And so you can you know, play a lot, have a lot of, you know, entertainment. And so show me that card. So he showed it to me and, and so I said, Hmm, well, okay. So then I used this special system that special I, system. special <laughs> system where after I lost a bet, I would double my money. Uh. And then you know, if I lost again, I'd double it again. I think and you're eventually, the first person who ever thought of that system. Yeah. yeah. This is the and Wilma Martindale. That's right. The Wilma Zero Martingale system. And so that uh, it usually worked. Yeah. But uh, when it didn't, then I felt really bad. Yeah, I bet that's true. So then um, eventually, I, I found the Holy Rollers. Um, 
that documentary video. And, right. and so I watched that and I was like, shoot, if these guys can do that, I can do this. So, so then I tried getting hold of like as many books as I could. Um, but I didn't know who the good authors were and who the bad authors were. So I just read everything and, and didn't really, uh, know the good from the bad. But if, eventually I was able to, um, figure out which which authors were more valuable than than other authors you didn't start googling around to i wasn't that smart <laughs> <laughs> was google around so, when you were doing this i don't know how um, well if holy rollers was out then yes yeah go- google was around um no i think uh i think what happened was another one of my friends said hey there's this website called wizard of odds and so, so I checked that out and after digging through there, there was something about like, uh, some good books, reference books. So then I, yes. I looked through those. So how, when did you actually start counting cards and go out and start trying to make money at this? Um, well, I started counting cards probably about eight to 10 years ago, some, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and I wasn't really trying to make money doing it because I have, well, I had two jobs, really. I had my normal civilian job, and I'm also in the military as a reservist. So I had sort of like one and a half jobs already. So I didn't need the money, and I didn't want to put my money really at risk. I was just doing it to see if I could do it, but I liked getting the comps. I liked, you know, the idea of, you know, places flying me on some, you know, charter plane and putting me up for free and free food, stuff like that. So, um, so that's, that's what I did, um, at first. And I guess if I had to do it over again, I probably wouldn't, uh, use my name. I wouldn't get the comps, but because now I'm playing at much higher stakes, um, it's it's a lot harder to get away with the money. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it seems like uh, every AP, <laughs> when you ask them about lessons learned, number one seems to be, I wouldn't have used my name. Uh, but for some reason, people just do not want to get that idea into their heads when they're starting out. Yeah, and probably even if some expert had told me don't use your name i would have probably been stubborn and said well i read comp city i'm gonna get all the comps that i possibly can and so i probably wouldn't have listened to the experts anyway well and the thing that's really sad about that is um as you say you're playing at a much much higher level now yes so that if your name was clean now there are comps you could be getting that are worth huge super cash value yes so yeah, but yeah, lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so hopefully for the uh, listeners out there who haven't yet used their name, don't use your name. As a uh, someone who considers himself as an AP, but also a video poker player, where you basically have to give your name if you're playing for st- stakes where you get um, W2Gs, uh you know, we have to bite that bullet early. 
So Richard's comment of every AP does this kind of great because <laughs> I consider myself an AP and yet I had to uh, do that. And plus in video poker, the, the value, there's, there's value in the in giving up your name, but, um, yeah. And that's, that's one thing I definitely agree with that. Like now what I do is I play video poker for, the comps because when I try to play blackjack, I can't give my name because I've been backed off at many, many places and threatened with like, if you come back and play blackjack, we're going to trespass you. So, so I play video poker, um, to get the comps, but then I'll play blackjack at places that will still tolerate my action, um, either with my own name, like, in foreign countries or cruise ships or um, some casinos that haven't caught on yet, uh, or I'll play as a refusal or um, somebody else's name, a different name. Have you, so you were able to play video poker in those places and the blackjack has not come back to give you a problem? They'll let you play video poker without oh, any no, issues? No, no, good question. I play video poker in totally different places than I've played blackjack. Oh, you've never played blackjack in those places? Correct. You're just going there to play video poker and get your room comp and those kind of things. Right. I see. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... But Same it, city, but different right, places. Sure. Yeah. Right, right. And, um, but it works, um, you can sort of leverage that because... Like if I if I play video poker, say at a uh, Caesar's property and get to the diamond level or diamond plus something like that, or at at uh, you know before COVID at uh, for two years I was seven star. Um, so somehow casino junket companies would find out, and so I'd get like cold calls or like once I did something with them, then it wasn't a cold call anymore, but they would send me email or call me and say, Hey, we see you're a gambler. Would you like to go to, you know, such and such place and get your room free and, you know, $400 worth of food and $500 worth of free play. And hopefully you'll have a good time and, you know, play some more stuff like that. Yeah. You know, on that uh, note, um, those guys who call you and do that are middlemen. So uh, you might try the next time that happens, if it's a place you're interested in going, calling the, that place directly, asking for a host and saying, hey, I'm thinking about coming and, you know, putting up X amount, whatever you, whatever the first company you told, I'm going to put up X amount, uh, I'll play this many hours what can you offer me? And um, you may find that you will get a better deal if you call them directly than going through the middleman because the middleman's going to get a cut uh, of that deal. Yeah, that's that's a good point. As as a matter of fact, um, just recently, purely by coincidence, on one of these um, like junket things that that I was invited to by a middleman at the same resort hotel, I ran into a person who. I knew from a cruise ship and 
he, I'm not sure if he went through a different junket or went to the casino himself. I don't know how he arranged the deal, but basically he put up four times the front money that I did and got a way better set of comps. And I could have easily, if I'd known that that was an option, I could have easily put up that additional front money and gotten better comps as well. Now, when you were starting, you blackjack you mentioned holy rollers so the um that turned into uh, blackjackapprenticeship.com did you ever take one of their boot camps um sort of i took two of their boot camps uh-huh are you a slow I, learner uh well uh maybe but i i don't think so um I took a basic boot camp, and then they also offered an advanced boot camp. So I took the basic one, and um, Colin and Ben were there as the instructors, and it was very valuable. Um, it was, you know, just if if nothing else, it would confirm that, yeah, you can count cards and not be cheated when they try to give you a wrong payout or, you know, stuff like that. Um, you get to meet some interesting people, although, um, strangely, even in that sort of safe environment, a lot of people used, um, fake names. Uh, Colin and Ben didn't obviously, but, uh, so, so anyway, that, uh, made me feel more confident about my game. And then, um, also one of the probably the most valuable part is the special guests that they have on there. Um, so they'll ask uh, a special guest to show up and he'll, he'll talk to the group for, you know, maybe an hour or something mm -hmm. like that. And when I was there, Tommy Highland showed up, he was, you know, had lots of interesting stories he and, does. and he, you know, he's been doing this for probably as long as years. I've been a, yeah, longer. Yeah. So as long as, as anybody. So just hearing stuff that, uh, that the expert says, um, is great. And then several years later, I came back and did the, uh, advanced boot camp, and Colin and Ben were both there as well. And, you know, it's a, it's a serious thing, but they, um, you know, and they treat it seriously, but then, at the end, they have, you know, will you please rate us? We'll we'll put, you know, the comments in there because, you know, it's a marketing thing. And so Ben had his, uh, I believe, his daughter there, and she was, I think, bored most of the time. So anyway, as, as one of the ratings that came up, it said, um, I guess it's pretty good. But it's mostly boring, and it was attributed to to uh, Ben's daughter, who was what probably somewhere in the nine to twelve age range. Yeah. Not a professional blackjack player yet. Not yet. All right. So um, you do a lot with uh, credit cards, and your approach seems to be with some overlap to Jimmy Jazz and some differences. Yeah. Um, so not just Jimmy Jazz, but also Cartwright. He's been on talking about um, the credit card stuff as well. So so for people who are interested in this, listen to their past uh, podcast. But credit cards, um, I, 
you know, when I thought COVID was going to be going away, um, <laughs> I started getting back into it because, you know, during COVID, there wasn't any travel and stuff like that. So um, anyway, credit card companies have tons of welcome bonuses and there are tons of credit cards out there. So you can apply for them and as long as you do the amount of spending that they require for the welcome bonuses, you'll get these, these huge welcome bonuses that depending on the type of credit card, sometimes the points are transferable to a set of airlines or set of hotels, or sometimes the credit card is, is specific to just one. Uh, like if you get a Southwest credit card, it's just for Southwest. But if you get a Chase Ultimate Rewards credit card, those points can be transferred to any number of, of different, uh, different places, air, airlines, hotels, stuff like that. So what I did was, um, I got several chase, uh, credit cards and did the spending and I'm not smart enough to get like five credit cards all at once and try to figure out the spending and do all the spending within just a three month period of time. So I'll get one when I do the spending or when I'm close to finishing the spending on one, then I'll apply for another and, and do that. So, so over several months, I got, you know, several hundred thousand of these, um, transferable points. And then you have to decide how to best use the points and um, there are websites out there. One that I like is called The Points Guy. And um, so anyway, they, besides telling where points can be transferred from, from which credit cards to which, um, like airlines or hotel programs, they also say, you know, in order to get the most value for the points that you have, you can use these sweet spots. And most of the sweet spots for airlines are when you use it for business class to go overseas. So what I did was I used my points. So, so normally what the credit card companies want to do is have you cash out the points at a value of like one cent per point. But if you um, transfer them to some other program, then you can get more than a cent a point value out of it. And I ended up transferring them to these airlines to travel business class to, I had a, uh, basically a free cruise, crystal cruise from Hong Kong to Singapore that's coming up next year, hopefully It'll still be on. Hopefully COVID won't thwart that. Um, but anyway, so I had to somehow get to Hong Kong and get back from Singapore. So I figured I'd use these uh, credit card points to travel business class over to Hong Kong, business class back. And so that if, if you were to pay cash for those tickets, um, that would have been um, like about – eight thousand dollars eight to nine thousand dollars so i ended up getting about four cents uh per point worth for transferring so what is it that you're doing differently than say jimmy jazz and cartwright uh, nothing 
Oh, they, okay. Yeah, what's uh, the differences are? So you rave about the Southwest card because that's oh, what Jimmy does. Well, no, the Southwest <laughs> card sounds great and it probably is great, but where I live, Southwest doesn't go to my airport. So, well, and what's best about Southwest is the companion pass. So, right. if you're traveling alone, that doesn't help you a lot. Right, right. So yeah. that's that's one of the things. So. It, it this is it's a very complicated issue because there are lots of restraints. For example, like I mentioned, Chase, and I think their ultimate rewards are great because they're transferable points. But Chase has this um, uh, restriction where they won't give you a personal credit card if you have gotten five personal credit cards within the last twenty four months. So I've been getting business credit cards because they don't count those as personal credit cards. And the business credit cards also have all these welcome bonuses. So I have a ton of business credit cards and very few personal credit cards. And since this is a business trip, I, uh, you know, cause there's a casino on board the cruise ship. Sure. Then, uh, do you have uh, any tricks for manufactured spend? Or because you're doing the cards one at a time, it's not a problem to well, rack up the three or 5000 they require? It's um, – you should always have the ability to, to do manufactured spend if you need to. But, you know, just your, your everyday spending, just try to put every possible spend on your card – um, and like, if you're going out to eat with a bunch of people, just say, Oh, I was planning on using my card. You can give me cash for, for that. I'll pay your, you know, that type of thing. That, that works with gamblers, but I find that civilians, none of them ever have any cash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they throw like five credit cards into the middle. Right. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's a problem. Um, but like if you happen to rent from a person who's an investor, not, not like if you're renting from a homeowner association, but like if uh, if you're renting from an individual, you may be able to convince them, hey, you know, I can pay you by credit card and then, you know, me paying you isn't going to be a problem. It would be me paying the credit card company that they'd need to worry about it. You'd get your money, you know, on time, no problem. So that's, that's something. Um, but you know, any time that you're able to uh, purchase something that you would have purchased anyway, then you know, use your use your credit card. And if you can get uh, get that at a discount, or like like one thing that came up recently was um, I knew that I was going to be going on a cruise, and by coincidence. This particular cruise company offered that you could buy their gift cards um, at a 10% discount. Or actually, it was they would give you a 10% bonus. So since I knew I was going to be going on that cruise anyway... And that bonus is good in the casino too? It is. I read through their terms and conditions, and it said it was you know, good for anything. It didn't exclude the casino. Then I called up and got a verbal confirmation as well. And I have that person's name. So, uh, it, uh, 
remains to be seen, but uh, I was able to get a lot of points that way because I got over $40,000 worth of... Um, Credit cards. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean gift cards. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, uh, so then basically, you know, you just have to be able to pay off your credit card bills. If, if you are not paying off your credit card bills uh, monthly or, or if you're having to pay interest on it, don't even think about doing this because yeah. that's uh, the interest will be way more expensive than the benefit that you'll get. All right. We're going to take a brief break. We're going to be asking, when we get back, we're going to be asking uh, Wilma Zero. May I call you Wilma for short? Well, just call me Will for short. I will do that. All right. So we're going to ask, asking Will about buying uh, traveler's checks with credit cards. South Point has more than 10,000 games returning at least 99%. This is more games and more such games than anyone else has. In August, play $1,800 slots or video poker Monday through Thursday and pick up a free logo gift celebrating the South Point 400 stock race. Second week is a unisex pullover. And third week is a Yeti tumbler. If you earn and pick up all four gifts, you receive $100 in free play. Although the gifts are better than average for casino gifts, even if you value them as worth zero, earning and collecting all four of them is worth an additional 1.4%. On Sunday, September 26th, it's the South Point 400 NASCAR Cup race at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Tickets are half price at the casino box office if you use your points. For locals, there is a Play X and Earn Y promotion every Friday through Sunday if they have your email address. If you haven't given them your email address, you can do it online at southpointcasino.com club, and you can be eligible for this promotion. If you do it by any Tuesday, you'll be eligible for the following weekend and each subsequent weekend during the month. Hey guys, this is Colin from blackjackapprenticeship.com. And if you're serious about card counting, I'd encourage you to check out the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. It has the training tools you'll need to beat the game, like our comprehensive video course and our training suite, so you can learn each skill and virtually test yourself before ever stepping foot in a casino. It also includes the tools you'll need to succeed, like our pro betting software, casino database, results tracking software, and access to a community of like-minded advantage players to network with in our members forum and chat room software. You can find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com. Videopoker.com is the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership, $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on most of the games. The game of the week is Wheel Poker Deluxe. This is a game where you pay an extra five coins per game, meaning triple play costs 20 coins, five play costs 30 coins, and 10 play cost 55 and the bonuses come on dealt trips full houses and quads slightly different for the deuces wild variations if you happen to get one of these bonuses you spin the wheel when the wheel spins it adds it lands on a drawing opportunity sometimes it's 100 play four to a flush sometimes it's 10 play with a pair of aces sometimes it's triple play four to the royal etc there is no skill involved in the hole for the bonus, and the bonus is earned on the draw, meaning that if you know 
the strategy to the base game, you know the strategy for the Wheel Poker Deluxe version. It adds a little bit of EV with a small amount of variance. Surprisingly, the triple play version always pays a bit more than the five play version. For example, in 9-6 Double Double Bonus, whereas the base game is 98.98%, five play of Wheel Poker Deluxe pays 99.31%, and the triple play version pays 99.47%. All right, we're back talking to Wilma Zero, also known as Will. Uh, Traveler's Checks. Did you ever Do they still exist? They don't now, but they did at one time. And um, when they did, I discovered that I could go to AAA and get like $10,000 worth of traveler's checks, charge them to my credit card, and then, um, you know, basically turn around and deposit them in my bank and pay off the credit card. And I've gotten the credit card points. Um, and at that time, I was using it just for domestic flights. Um, and I had just a specific credit card. Um, so I don't remember if it was American Airlines or Delta or something like that, but it was, it was a specific credit card. So all the points would go to that specific, um, specific airline. And, um, so anyway, then I, I did that once a month cause I had to pay off my credit card bill, uh, once a month. And then I discovered, gosh, you know, I can do this more frequently, just get the, get the, uh, Traveler's, traveler's checks. checks and then deposit them in the bank and then the next week do the same thing. And so I was, I was doing that. And, um, unfortunately my real name is quite long. And so I started getting like carpal tunnel syndrome, but I, I pushed through it because I valued the points. Um, but anyway, after probably about 300,000 points, AAA, uh, said, you can't really be using this many traveler's checks and we're not sure what's happening, but anyway, we're not going to let you buy them anymore. So I got backed off from AAA. That was the first time I got backed off from AAA and I've gotten backed off a second time too, but for a different thing. Uh, the thing that was great about traveler's checks back in the eighties is you could buy $1,000 denomination traveler's checks, and uh, but you usually had to special order them. But, you know, if you were trying to do that today, I think you'd have treasury agents at your door, uh, you know, pretty quickly uh, just for that kind of churn. But, I mean, that's the thing about all this credit card stuff is it's constantly changing things that worked a year ago, no longer do. And, you know, if... I don't know. I, I would worry. I mean, I, I saw somebody online who talked about churning $300,000 a month. And I just thought, you know, you're going to end up with with feds at your door. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I just even if I had a method for doing that, I wouldn't do it um, just because I wouldn't want the scrutiny. Yeah. Some some of the stuff is. um I believe there was a recent court case that said some of the stuff can be taxable, but they didn't really define very well what can be taxed 
which of the benefits can be taxed. And then also some of the credit card companies are like clawing back the points. So you have to be aware of that also. So if, if you're getting, if you're purchasing something that's like equivalent to cash, um, you know, if you can get away with it, then that's good, but be prepared to have either the points clawed back or, uh, have some type of tax consequence, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be so worried about the taxes. I'd be worried that they're going to think you're laundering money somehow, um, you know, and you get that kind of scrutiny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, possible. And the the government knows a lot of uh, a lot of stuff about you that you might not think that they do, but they do. And since I'm in the military, I come under scrutiny because, like. I having a top secret clearance, they're, you know, investigating me periodically just to make sure that, uh, you know, I still deserve my top secret clearance. And, um, yeah, money could make, uh, people go wrong. And if you look like you might be laundering money, that could be your suspicious of being, yeah, potential spy. Yep. We've never had a spy on this show, have we, Richard? Uh, not that we know not of. Not that they you were know of. Undercover. <laughs> All right. So uh, have they specifically asked you about that in the military? Well, yes. Um, one time, and actually this was during the, um, the Conor McGregor and Mayweather fight. Uh Um, I set up a credit line at, uh, I believe Caesar's palace and, um, but I, I didn't want to bother setting up a credit line at like every single casino in Las Vegas, but I knew that there were various sports books and they'd probably have different lines on the fight and stuff like that. But I just set up one at, uh, Caesar's. So anyway, I, um, I, used like $25,000, took out that as credit, got it at like a Baccarat table there because they have no problem, you know, they didn't question anything. Um, so I took it, didn't play any Baccarat, went, you know, looked around to various sports lines. I don't think I even placed a bet in Caesars at all, found different lines uh, at other casinos, other sports books that were better. So I, I placed my bets on... Uh, on Mayweather, which, which one, um, but anyway, so then later during, uh, one of these investigations where they're checking into my background to, to make sure that everything's okay. Um, they, they have these, uh, like independent agents. So they set up a meeting with, uh, with me at a, like a neutral location. So in this case, we went to a library and so we were there and they're asking me all these questions. And, and as, as Bob mentioned earlier, having any type of money issues is a, is a big thing for the government because that's, you know, people are motivated by money. If I had money problems, then I may choose to sell secrets to, you know, some foreign government or something in order to solve my money problems. Okay. So they're asking me, and one of the questions came up was, uh, we see that you took out $25,000 from Caesars, but you didn't make a single bet at Caesars. And so I just said, well, we're meeting 
in a library, we haven't checked out a single book. Is that <laughs> suspicious? And so the person just, you know, went on to the next question, and uh, I continue to have a top secret uh, clearance. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a... Uh, if they bought it, that's great. Yeah, they yeah. bought it. <laughs> so um, you can afford... You have a story about you had a crappy car and AAA, <laughs> and you're telling all this story about taking out a $25,000 marker and whatever. So it sounds like, and how did you, it sounds like you could have afforded a nicer car. But how did AAA and your crappy car come oh, to be? Okay, well, the... Uh the $25,000 marker was much, much later in my life than my crappy car. Crappy car, um, that was, you know, it usually got me from point A to point B. But just in case I bought the AAA, uh, you know, it's like a peace of mind thing that like if you break down, they'll tow you to, you know, if you get the cheapest thing, they'll tow you up to like five miles. But I got the deluxe package or something. So they tow me up to 200 miles, something like that. So my crappy car got me from point A to almost point B, which happened to be like 195 miles away before it broke down. So I called AAA and have them tow me back home. Well, a 195-mile tow is kind of expensive, but I, you know, I had the membership, so it was paid for. So AAA, they, uh, you know, they arranged for the towing, towed me. But then I got this letter basically backing me off of AAA that said, uh, we're not going to honor your business anymore unless you get a better car. And so I eventually got a better car after being and so i'm no longer backed off by AAA because i complied with their request uh as a business owner i would think that's a reasonable request and uh, <laughs> they didn't use any strong arm tactics to uh to back I, you off i had a friend who uh was is rather forgetful and um he ran out of gas called AAA. they came and you know put a gallon of gas in his car he drove around and he just you know left his mind and he didn't go to a gas station <laughs> and you know so like 30 minutes later he runs out of gas again he calls AAA again same guy comes same thing happens a third time he runs out of gas like half an hour later <laughs> same guy comes and the guy said you better go to a freaking gas station because <laughs> if you call again, I am not coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm not the only person backed off by AAA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that would be it. He was a AAA driver. You had a more. I had the AAA the, company. Yeah, a, a nationwide <laughs> back, back off, off, a yeah. corporate back off, not just a uh, a truck a truck driver back off. Yeah. Coca Cola. How did you intersect with Coca-Cola? What was your AP plan for that? Well, um, this was probably back in the uh, somewhere early 2000s, like maybe 2006-ish, some, somewhere around there. And Coca-Cola had this promotion where, like, if, if you look underneath any of their bottle caps or if you get, like, a a case of Coke somewhere on the case or the carton, there's going to be a code. It's pretty long. It might be like 12 uh, alphanumeric digits long. But anyway, they had a promotion where you could input these 
uh, codes into their uh, website and you accumulate points. So like a Coke bottle cap is, you know, worth three points, but a carton is worth 10 points and a case is worth 25 points or something like that. So I, uh, I was inputting these and, and actually I lived in a neighborhood at that time that did recycling. So on recycling day, I would just walk around the neighborhood and people who had thrown out their, you know, used cartons, I would go and tear the codes off of them. And then when I got back home, enter them and had tons and tons and tons of codes. And so I got a lot of stuff from, from Coca-Cola, like free books, free more Coke. Um, you know, they, they had products like, uh, earphones, stuff like that, just lots of stuff. Well, anyway, then useful stuff. Yeah. So some, you, yeah, the books for sure. Um, I mean, like I got towards in, anything at Barnes and Noble or no, no, good? they, they had a, um, I'm not sure if it was their own bookstore, but they, it was a pretty large, uh, books like I got Annie Duke's book of like play better poker or decide some, something to play like better that. poker. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, as well as lots, lots of other uh-huh. books. So they had some useful stuff. So anyway, then Coke changed their program where instead of being able to enter in all the codes that you wanted, they limited it to a certain number of codes each week, I think. So then, you know, don't even bother with the the bottle caps, only go for the cartons and cases because those codes were worth more. Then they changed it to um, you could only enter 75 points worth of codes each week. I was like, come on, before I was able to enter like a thousand codes because, you know, because I went through recycling. A thousand alpha, 12-digit alphanumeric Yeah, digits. I got carpal tunnel syndrome from that, too. This, yeah, I, I can just see people in Costco, you know, entering the codes off the cases in the, in the racks. Yeah. But the so, codes must have been on the inside of the packages. Right, on the inside. Yeah. yeah. So they couldn't. Yeah. Well, unless they so, well, yeah, tore but, the box uh, a little. Or. But Wilma was still young enough to go dumpster diving. Some of the <laughs> right. people in Costco are uh, right, and well, kind of old for that. And and also, like if if I found like a Coke distributor putting Cokes into a vending machine, I'd ask the guy, "Oh, you're you're done with these cartons, right?" He's, "Yeah, well, I was going to just throw them away. Good, throw them at me." So I would take those and get those codes. Um, so it wasn't just recycling. I, you know, found found these people also. Anyway, they, they eventually changed it to just 75 points a week. But I had stockpiled, oh my gosh, probably thousands of points worth of codes. So since before I was able to enter in all these codes, I just set up different accounts so that I could set up, you know, enter in all these codes through multiple accounts. And so then I got more books and more so products. So Wilma 0, Wilma 1, Wilma 2, Wilma 3 or something? Yeah, or something. Um, and eventually they found out, hey, this is all coming from basically the same IP address. So, um, so we're not going to honor any of your accounts. So I got backed off from Coca-Cola. 
probably good to learn that lesson about IP addresses and multiple accounts before going to online gambling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, for online gambling, then I would have lost whatever money I had in those various accounts as opposed to just not being able to get more free Cokes. Right. All right. So we got lots more here to cover. And uh, any chance we can talk you into coming back next week? Yeah, I'd be honored. Well, we'd be uh, grateful. Um, so some of the sh shorter ones to get through this week, uh, so we have time, is uh, what was your best normal back off when you got a dinner comp? Oh, okay. Um, I was on a cruise ship and... Not even spreading very much. I think I was spreading from 25 to three spots of 75. So basically just a one to nine spread. On a shoe? On a shoe, yeah. Okay. And um, I ended up uh, winning like, gosh, several thousand dollars um, over the course of, of the, you know, the first maybe four days of the cruise and then they half shooed me and um but i was still you know if the true count was good i was still spreading and won a little bit more not much more and then the casino manager came over to me and and said i wasn't allowed to play blackjack anymore I was, and so I was like, what? I can't even win, have a chance to win my money back, e even though I hadn't really lost money. And he goes, no, you know what you're doing, and we know what you're doing. And I said, well, can I at least get, like, a specialty dinner? He goes, sure. So that was my best back off. Huh. That seems like a weird spread. Why, why quarter to three hands of 75? Because I didn't think that would be suspicious. I oh. didn't think that would be noticed, really. I mean, just As one to nine. To two hands of a hundred or one hand of, I guess, one hand of one hand 225. Of, yeah, that yeah. probably would look worse. Yeah. So, so you're trying I to stay under the $100 level. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, but they I mean, and it also sounds anyway. like you're really doing it for the comp. I'm assuming that... that your cruise was comped or oh something? yeah the cruise was comped um yeah and so you know they probably wanted to see that i would gamble on the cruise also so that i would be invited back that type of yeah, thing yeah so my my next best one which actually happened fairly recently was um i i sat down and hadn't even really had chance to play not even a, a full shoe um, because the table was full, probably only got through, you know, maybe half or three quarters of the shoe. And um, so then I got a tap on the shoulder and the person called me by my real name and said, you know, the drill. And, <laughs> and I just said, cash out. I said, yep. So he escorted me to the cage and assisted me with my cash out. <laughs> So most of them are not that friendly, though. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have to wait for another week to hear the rest of Wilma Zero's stories and 
Trust me, you want to hear some of these, uh, especially one that happened this past weekend, which is very current. Um, so at the end of our shows, we go into a mode called Recommended. So, Richard, do you have a recommended for our listeners today? Yeah, uh, my recommended is I I uh, love these shows uh, about uh, dr- drug cartels. Don't ask me why. Uh, so uh, there's a, a number of shows on Mexico Narco. I mean, on Netflix Narcos and Narcos Mexico, which uh, I loved. Uh, my current one is called Queen of the South. Uh, and it's about a woman who runs a drug cartel. So there are currently four episodes, I mean, four seasons on Netflix. There is a fifth season. This show originally ran on USA Network. So there is a fifth season, but that hasn't showed up on Netflix yet. So anyway, that is what I'm currently binging, Queen of the South. That does sound like a country western song. Just the title <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Um my recommended actually came from Jimmy Jazz. Uh, and Jimmy actually, it, when he sent this, it occurs to me that several of our listeners have potential recommended that they may want to send to Richard or me to recommend out to everybody else. And uh, so send it to the usual places and possibly we'll use it. There is no prize for doing it and we're assuming you don't want your name mentioned on the air when you recommend although if you do we will say that if you do but i'd be surprised if most well or of, their handle they might you know uh, i would be surprised if most if many of you wanted your names mentioned and so the um the recommended from jimmy jazz has to do with hugo seller which is a very nice steakhouse in the basement of a shabby casino <laughs> called the Four Queens. It's downtown. And Jimmy's recommended have to do with alcohol. The first is they have friendly sommeliers, wine stewards, and there's only a $25 corkage fee um, if you want to bring your own wine. Now, of course, it has to be not on their wine list because for the more expensive bottles of wine, there's significantly more than a $25 markup, which is typical for nice steakhouses. Uh, but they will pr- present it nicely, and and apparently $25 corkage fee is lower than average for nice places. The other one was the oversized martinis, which he rates as a superior martini. As a non-martini drinker, I don't know what a superior martini is. But those of you who know, well, you know. And so he recommends um, those two aspects of Hugo Seller. All right. Uh, Will Mazero. Or excuse me, that was your old name. Will. Do you have a recommended for our audience? I do. Um, now that hopefully cruises are starting again, hopefully people will be able to take advantage of this. But in Phillipsburg, St. Martin, 
uh, which is the Dutch side of St. Martin. There's French side and Dutch side. This is on the Dutch side, and it's within walking distance from where the cruises tend to dock. There's a place called the Yoda Guy, and this is a um, museum slash memorabilia place set up by the guy who created Yoda. Wow. And the Star Wars Yoda. The Star Wars Yoda. And his name's Nick Malley. I think I'm getting his name right. And most of the time, he is there. If he isn't in some convention, you know, some like sci-fi convention or something like that, he is there. So you can go in there, look at all this memorabilia and the museum stuff, and you can talk to him. And he'll answer your questions. And it's it's stuff. Um, and he might have heard these questions once or twice before. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's heard them a thousand times. But, I mean, he's been in the uh, the industry with, uh, you know, makeup, special effects, um, you know, puppetry because, you know, Yoda. Um, and, you know, just all sorts of stuff, doing face casts of people. And so, you know, you just ask him, like... I see you have five different face casts of Michael Jackson during different uh, stages of his life. Can you tell me about some? He said, "Oh yeah, he changed." You know, <laughs> stuff like that. So he'll he's very friendly, and it's it's just a great place to visit. And every time I'm in Phillipsburg, I go there. That sounds very cool. Yeah. So the original Star Wars came out in the seventies, seventy six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, rather old. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> but he's still there and still able to talk and he gets he gets excited when people are interested in his stuff. Very good. So Wilma Zero, we thank you. We're looking forward to a return visit next week. Thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody. Good day. <laughs>